We've Been Around the Block is a podcast coming to you from the heart of the KZN Midlands. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Anthony Jarvi, and today's special guest is Dr. Rob Millis. Very welcome, Rob. Thank you. Rob has been a professor of plant breeding at UKZN for, for many years, probably upwards of 30 years, Rob. Yeah, more or less. Right, and uh, has been associated with the highly successful ACCI unit, the African Centre of Crop Improvement, and has had many, many students pass through his hands in this time. Parallel to, to this whole academic career, Rob is also a commercial breeder and has bred and released a number of varieties of green beans, dry beans and chilies, am I right? And tomatoes. And tomatoes. And peppers. And peppers as well. <laughs> yeah, gosh. So Rob has made a significant commercial impact um, on the market, but probably larger than that impact would be his his impact on the students, uh, hundreds of students who have passed through his hands, mostly postgrad students who would now be in industry. And these students have been from all over Africa. So the impact that Rob has had on African agriculture is is significant. Thank you. Actually, even I am one of those students. Rob, I, you do remember that <laughs> that you did lecture to me uh, many years ago in in the early eighties. I can't remember, but I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think I could credit you for for being the person who who really got me interested in beans at the time. You were doing variety trials at Fulandlela and places like that, and it was actually through this contact with you that I developed the ambition to work with beans and I've had 35 odd years of research in, in beans and probably need to thank you very much for, <laughs> um, for this inspiration. I've had a, a wonderful career working with beans. Thank you. The purpose of today's podcast is to look at the market classes that make up the South African market and we're talking specifically beans now and work our way through the grain characteristics that are important for beans. So this podcast should have general appeal to farmers, to bean traders, and effectively the consumers. So after a short break, we will delve into the aspects of bean grain qualities that are associated with the different market classes. This episode is sponsored by Panos Seed. So a fun fact today. If you have a look at the back of a can of baked beans, it'll tell you where the contents was produced. And if the content has been produced in South Africa, then there's a very high likelihood that the variety inside the can is Pan 123. So Pan 123 is the smallest bean variety in the Panos range but it certainly has had a massive impact on the market. This small bean is doing its part to enrich the lives of those who produce and those who consume for generations to come. Right, so in South Africa we have have two major market classes, but it uh, historically wasn't always like this. So Rob, I don't know whether you can think back to the late 70s, early 80s, when when there were many different market classes available in South Africa? 
Yeah, thanks, Anthony. You mentioned the work we did in Wollensleila, and that was in the 80s, and that was my first exposure to uh, to dry beans. And uh, what I remember in those days, in, in KZN, we had the uh, Natal speckled sugar, and uh, which was really a very small sugar bean, but popular mainly in this area, and it was a bush bean. Yeah. And... Um, on the other hand, uh, we had already at that time the bonus variety, right. which was only really the only commercial variety I would imagine around. So there was a very limited, uh, in, the, in the sugar bean, a very limited uh, diversity, I would say. Yeah, so actually it was probably bonus that set the conditions of the market class. So, if, so speckled sugar bean had the characteristics basically of bonus and the Natal speckled sugar beans were, were similarly coloured, but quite a lot smaller and, and had a slightly different shape. Indeed, indeed. And I think, yeah, as you say, the, uh, the bonus was the, the standard, as it were. And um, there were some other varieties around at that time, like the Natal yellow and the right. haricot. And they, they all seemed to have disappeared and, and really are marked once a speckled sugar bean. Right. You know, so my next question was uh, was really that, you know, in the past we had quite a lot of diversity in terms of different market classes in South Africa, and yet 30, 40 years down the road, we are now sitting with two market classes down from probably a fragmented many. And should we, should we be worried about this uh, loss of diversity? Uh, I think, yeah, yes and no. Of course, it doesn't give you a lot of room to play when you just have one one or two seed types. Uh, but nevertheless, I think with breeding and the breeding efforts that fortunately have been ongoing in, in our part of the world, you know, we've been able to uh, to introgress genes from other gene pools into the uh, the sugar beans. So in time, I think I think we've been able to to bring diversity in, to bring improvement in through breeding. Yeah. So that, that's really actually a very important point: is that the diversity is included within the bean, and it's not just the seed type that indicates diversity and really what's happened now is with our very limited breeding resources we have managed to to be able to capture the the breeding gain within two market classes really so it's the speckled sugars and the small white canning types yeah exactly and um, i mean going again back to to 40 years ago the the beans that we had for example were very susceptible to a range of diseases they were susceptible to rust, to virus, to root rots, and And we've made in certain of these areas big improvements. The breeders have in this country, and um, so we've been able to to source these uh, these genes from other varieties, small small types, for example. And they can be small blacks or small reds or whatever. Right, right. And we've been able to to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So so if I remember back to that that era, many of the the yield genes were sitting in the the small seeded gene pools and the the large seeded beans were trailing quite considerably in terms of yield and yet now when we do variety trials now we can see that the the large seeded beans the sugar beans are on a par with the smaller seeded beans no i think you're correct there because uh, i remember the the carioca beans that were on the variety list in the early days they outperformed the sugars by far the yields were much better and it's just that was a small seeded variety and as you say, we're achieving very good yields nowadays right. with the sugar beans. Yeah. So basically, in South Africa, we, we are saddled with two seed types. If we have a look at the small whites, 
So the small whites are bred and used mainly for canning and and so there are certain attributes which are very important to canning. If we have a look at just the origin of the small white market class in South Africa, um, this developed from white Dutch princess which was actually a great northern seed type and so if you look at the South African small white class it is slightly different to the american navy bean which which is smaller and rounder and the south african small white is it's a a shiny seed coat and a slightly larger bean and because it's been utilized in south africa for so long this is really what the canning companies uh, want so they have optimized their canning operations for this type of bean yeah, as you, as you said, the, the standard has really been set by the industry because they have gotten used to certain varieties, such as Tebas, over the years. And, and a particular variety will have a certain, it's almost like a recipe they have in the factory where yeah. it's, you know, it's the time of, of soaking, perhaps that they do, it's the temperature, it's what they add to the beans. Um, that all plays a role. And, and preferably they would have that particular variety uh, receiving it throughout the season and and having different varieties is a bit of a complication for them yeah yes. but i think it's the seed size it's the the time of cooking it's the beans mustn't split up in the right. in the cans uh, these are the kind of things that they would be looking at yeah so they, they optimize the whole factory for a particular variety and and so nowadays when when you enter the market with a canning bean variety you actually really need a contract because all the canning companies contract out production so that they know which variety they're getting in because their operations are optimized for a particular variety yes i think that's the case indeed um the the, the companies need to know what bean they do receive uh, because they can adjust their their processing recipe as it were to that bean and um they be They've become over the years uh, more interested in looking at different varieties. Uh, in the past, they would like you to have this kind of bean, and it mustn't be different to that when it comes to the factory. But now they're looking at if, if a breeder releases a, a new variety, they would be interested in looking to adapt their process in the factory. But that would still mean they need to separate, to keep separate the varieties. Yeah, so it's um, not only separating the varieties, but they also separate batches from from environments. And exactly. so um, yeah. with, with almost anything that we do no- nowadays, uh, you have a genetic aspect to the whole thing, but you also have a, a strong environmental influence. And so what they do is they would keep the identity of, individual productions separate so that so mm. that they're able to treat the batch in a similar fashion one of the big attributes with canning is obviously the water uptake we call that the hydration ratio and this means that the more the bean absorbs the more water they put into the can and the less bean and so from a optimization point of view this is very important for the canners to be able to to get their their rands and cents correct yes indeed right um, so that's the one thing is the hydration ratio. The, the, the next thing, obviously, is how the beans look in the can. So once you, when you open up a can, it's very important that the beans actually flow reasonably smoothly in the source. And so if all the carbohydrates leach out into the source, then you have this very thick, mushy stuff, which, which is not very appealing to the eye. And so 
it's important that they take up a lot of moisture, but don't leach out solids into into the source. Yeah, and preferably, preferably the beans need to stay intact as well. They mustn't right split open. And yeah, so so that's that visual thing is very visual appeal is important. Very very important. Um, and then the last thing is texture. With beans, the taste is there, but it normally is hidden behind the tomato sauce, right? That mm. what people do detect is differences in texture, and so. They want a consistent texture, and and that's that's what happens when when the beans don't absorb moisture uniformly. That you'll have some hard and some soft beans within a can, and that really is is not the greatest thing for for canning. So it's important to have a single variety in a can and probably a single environment in a can, and uh, so that you have a uniform texture. I think that uniformity is very important. Yeah, yeah, right. So if we just look at where do the cans of beans actually go? Your canned bean is, is a ready-to-consume product, but it is actually aimed at the more affluent, really, would you say? It could be, but I think with the growing middle class and yes. um, yeah. working working families, and uh, it could be a quite a growth in the market of the canning yeah, beans. Yeah, sorry. So not the affluent, but the middle class, right? The middle class, I would say. Uh, yeah. And perhaps not, not just the small whites, but uh, one can look at... Uh, Canning other beans like sugar beans and uh, yeah. uh, the um, red, the large red beans are quite popular in cans. Yeah. yeah. So the whole thing is that for the desperately poor, they would unlikely pay for a can because a large percentage of the cost of a can of baked beans is in fact the can. It is. Yeah. 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 So this is really targeting perhaps the middle class, and whereas your your dry pack sales, this is targeting probably a lower income group than the canned beans. I would think so. Yeah. 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 Correct. Right. So we could maybe move on to onto the speckled sugars, which are by and large mostly sold in dry packs. Indeed. Yeah. So one of the things that influences the price of beans is in fact their visual appeal. I think that's very important. I think uh, the housewives will buy the beans on the shelf and look at the pack and see if it's an attractive looking bean. The packs are, the seat inside is well cleaned. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got a good size. And perhaps also if it's looking relatively light, the background color of the bean is still light. And uh, I think uh, if it's very, very dark, the bean probably means it's old and uh, wouldn't have that much of an appeal. You know, really what happens when you cook a bean, you lose pretty much all the color out of the, out of the seed coat. So that brilliant red color of the speckled sugar is, is lost. And it's the brilliant color that attracts the housewife yet in the cooked product, it's probably been leached out in, into the cooking sauce. And so it's actually not important at the end of the day in the cooked product because it's leached out. But it's still very, very important to attract people to that product. Uh, yeah, I think it's just a nice appeal of the, of the, of the bean, the, 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 the sharp colors yeah. that will attract people. And um, it could be that when the beans are very dark, for example... And they old, they might take longer to cook. That's yeah, yeah. So, so there's yeah. that association yeah. between the darker beans yeah. and old beans, and yeah. uh, everybody knows the older beans yeah. take longer to cook, right? Yes, yes. And I think you're correct. The taste might not be a, a big factor here, but it's just the way people buy their, their products. Yeah, they eat with it their looks, eyes. It looks fresh. Yeah, mm. yeah. Right, so just looking at what characteristics are important, we've spoken about colour and more and more size is becoming quite an issue in that buyers of beans would prefer a, a larger bean, right? It seems like it. 
it seems like it. Whether they want a very large bean, I'm not sure. But uh, they certainly look at a, at a good size bean. And I think um, the marketing people really need to give that attention. To what extent is that important? Right. And, but, and uh, from and a reading point of view, we definitely believe that the larger is better. Yeah. Right. And it's not just the largeness in terms of weight, but it's also the shape, right? So the shape's very important. Yeah. I mean, the original bonus is a rather flat bean, I would say. Yeah. Shape. And uh, uh, we've seen some, some new varieties come on the market in South Africa that are rounder and um, rounder sugar beans. And they, they have a very attractive appeal. And um, it's, it's not yet clear that would be a preferred bean by the consumer, but certainly I think it's made, making inroads. And uh, Yeah, so, so what it does look like is that our uh, speckled sugar seed class in South Africa is creeping upward towards the American cranberry type, which is, yes. which is a larger and rounder bean. Mm. And so it almost looks like that in another 100 years from now, <laughs> yes. the two market classes might merge. Yes, it could very well be. Right. Then, Rob, I know you've done quite a lot of work on cooking characteristics, and it's particularly where we're looking at the, the dry packs, where it's the lower-income group generally buying the dry packs. The, the cooking time is important, right? I think the cooking time is important. We, In the early days, in our studies, we noticed that some of the, the other genotypes, these small... Beans very often had a, a fast, short cooking time, yeah. and um, uh, which we believe was important because of the cost of electricity and fuel, paraffin. I don't think we've done enough studies on the sugar bean, comparing varieties within the sugar beans to see whether there are differences. We know that all the beans generally take longer to cook. I think it's certainly an area of research we need to give attention to. Uh, just keeping in mind that it's difficult on the shelf in a supermarket to see whether or not uh, the housewives are gonna gonna be able to distinguish. Right. You might develop a, a fast cooking bean, but are you gonna be successful in the market? Because sometimes, as you know yourself as a breeder, you develop one characteristics, which could be cooking time, but it might you might sacrifice another trade. So it's not gonna be an easy yeah. road, but yeah. definitely something the, the researchers will need to give attention to. Yeah, so, you know, if you're cooking in a pressure cooker, cooking time is, is not, particularly important, but if you're cooking on a wood or charcoal fire, cooking time is very important. Yes, I agree with you there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and actually, even if you're cooking on an electric stove in South Africa with ESCOM, you better make sure <laughs> that the cooking time is less than an hour because you, <laughs> <laughs> you might yeah. land up with, with load shedding in the middle. Yeah. yeah, you might go hungry. Right. So beans are very much a staple food in South Africa, and it blends very nicely in a mixture with with maize, which is very important to to local consumption. So maize and beans work very nicely together in the pot, but they also rotate very nicely in the field. Yeah, they do. Right. Good. So so perhaps if we just look at take home messages for for our listeners, um, we have discussed many attributes of culinary quality of beans today. But the resounding message is that consumers eat with their eyes. And regardless of whether you are a processor or a producer or a trader, we need to take the visual attributes into consideration because it forms a very important part of bean consumption. Well, I I think we should wrap up our discussion for the day. It's been wonderful chatting to you. 
And until next time, it's been a guest. Take care. Well, that was a lot of fun.